Well, um, some of you guys were here last night and got to hear uh, Clint stir us up for God's heart for the nations. And uh, let me give you a little backdrop of this morning. We're shifting gears a little bit, um, and I'm kind of tying this into a series that we've actually been in on Sunday mornings here um, in Antioch, Northwest Arkansas, called All, A-L-L. Everybody say All. It's kind of been three sections of this all with three kind of different key passages. Um, so first, uh, we talked about the greatest commandment, which is loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then we spent four weeks on that. And then uh, in the last three weeks uh, was that second kind of section, which is about our love for each other. It's that verse in Ephesians 4. talks about loving each other with all humility, gentleness, bearing with one another, patience. It's about the unity of the spirit that God wants to see in his church and his body. And then this morning, we're going to start kind of three three-week part talking about the Great Commission. That also says go into all, go make disciples of all nations and baptize them and so we're going to be shifting our gaze that direction just okay god's heart is for all that we love him with all that we love each other with all and that we have a heart for all the nations of the earth and uh, we want to align our hearts with the lord's and so it's been a sweet um, encouraging uh, series we've been going through but this morning clint's going to kick us off just talking about man every day just getting to bring and what he'll call probably drip jesus everywhere that we go so help me welcome up clint miller to the stage thank you so much All right, Lord, we thank you for Clint and the words you've given him. I just pray that you would speak through him. And, Lord, I'm asking you to open our ears to hear, open our hearts to receive. We need uh, what this man carries. And so, Lord, impart it to us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Tell me this isn't what we're created for. This is what we're created for. Worshiping him. Letting him align our hearts with him. Caring about what he cares about. Being a family. Lifting up each other's arms. Pointing one another towards Jesus. Getting his heart for those that don't know him. That's what we were created for. Wow. Yeah, what a weekend. What a weekend. <laughs> He's so good. He's so good. He inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits the praises of his people. I just want to say when when um, Mitchell said, hey, let's come up and let's just worship him. Let's be free. That just reminded me of something when I was in college ministry and I had come from this Methodist church background where we only clapped at special music, like literally. And and I, I mean, but God still moved and he apprehended my heart there. And then I went to this. I went to this well, anyway, I moved to Texas and um, went to university at Baylor and got involved in this. Hey, <laughs> and I got involved in this um, church uh, called Highland Baptist that ended up planting Antioch. And and I remember just being freaked out. Oh, my gosh. I remember sitting like in that part of the room and and being freaked out because this is 1992. And all these people are raising their hands and worshiping. And then there were actually even corporate tongues and interpretation of tongues. And I'm like, what is going on? This is not what I'm used to. I don't know that this is okay. You know, and I'm, but like, and then, and then the songs are, we're singing and the spirit of God is like leaping in my chest. And I was just like, oh gosh, is this okay? And I just felt like the Lord was like, this is me. It's okay. It's okay. And then, but I'll just tell you, it took me like, honestly, it took me a year and a half before I ever raised my hands at that church. <laughs> 
because I was like, I don't want to perform for you, Jesus. Like, I don't want to perform for you. I just, and so I almost like, I was almost like, one day he was like, Clint, anyway, it's dancing with me. It's participating with me. It's okay. It's okay. It's not, I kind of imagined he was going to thrust my arm up sometime. I was like, I don't want to perform. I don't want to draw attention to myself. Anyway, and then one day, what am I even talking about? Anyway, okay, then one day, uh, then one day, I'm like, I'm at, I remember at church, so this is in Texas, right? And this is the 90s when the Cowboys were like winning all the time. And so, not anymore. I don't, yeah, blah, whatever. Who cares about that? But so, but anyway, yeah, not anymore. So this, so, and the head pastor is up there and he's talking and he just says, hey, he goes, Here's the deal. In a little bit, we're going to go home, and we're going to watch the Cowboys, and we're going to be high fives, and we're going to be jumping up, and we're going to be cheering, like, with all of our might. And when we go to games, we're standing up the entire time, and we're chanting, we're cheering. And he said, I just want to say, if you want to worship Jesus as a holy pole, that's fine. That's fine. But, like, the Cowboys, if they're worth worshiping like we do, then the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, he is worthy of worship. And, I mean... And it broke, it just like finally connected my heart. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's okay. You're right. I'm like so expressive in other, every other aspect of my life. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, as a human, right? It's like encouraging. But, and then I just realized like, oh my gosh, we can worship him with our heart. It's not performance. It's just jumping in and celebrating who he is. Amen. And so, oh man, Lord, make us more free. And just as we were worshiping, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm in the Middle East and I'm, don't get a ton of corporate worship. And I like turn on IHOP. Kansas City, I turn on upper room, and like, and I sometimes just go into my room, and I'll just like start dancing, and, and I'm like, my kids are gonna think I'm crazy. I gotta wait till they're not at home or whatever, but like, I just want to say like, do it when you're alone too. You don't have to be in this big corporate gathering to lift up his name. Really, man, oh man, what am I talking? So like the, David talks about, talked about, he'd wake up in the early, he'd wake up early to stir his soul up, right? I mean, one thing we need, we're created to worship him, Worship him. Worship him. You want to know something? And the, and the English word worship is actually numerous words in Greek and Hebrew. This is a major tangent, but like here's, here's what the majority of times the word worship is in the Bible. It actually, rather than singing, a lot of times it's singing, but it's most often I bow down. The word is bow down and prostrate yourself to him. And so let, let's, man, let's be people who bow our lives down, and even physically bow down. Let's, like, have your quiet time and imagine Jesus, Emmanuel, he's right here with you all the time when you're having your quiet times, okay? And imagine him, imagine him sitting with you and, and get on your feet and just sit at his feet and just say, Lord, I'm your disciple. I just want to thank you that you're here. He's here. He's here. And let's let our bodies and our hearts be like, jump in and be ex expressive, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'd even invite you to, like, when you're singing worship songs and it's talking about bowing down, like, maybe bow down then, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, not really, like, helps me. And, 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 and like, lifting up my arms, like, sometimes I play this weird thing in my head where it's like, oh, it's singing about lifting up my arms. I'm like, I want to lift up my arms. I was like, what? But I don't want to just lift up my arms because it's singing about lifting up my arms. Like, this is what's going through my head. Like, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? And the guy's like, forget it. Just worship me. Who cares? If anybody else, sometimes I come into a room like this. It's like, is anybody raising their arms yet? I want to raise my arms, but I don't want to draw attention to myself. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, who cares? Who freaking cares about what people, like, think about us? It's not, do you know what I'm saying? Like, don't care about what people think. Just 
just let's just worship them. Let's spend time with them. And, and we, we need to stir ourselves up in the Lord. When you wor worship, you are taking a shower in truth. We're being lied to all the time. Okay, when we're worshiping, we're aligning ourselves with truth. Read the Bible out loud to yourself. Like, when you're just sitting by yourself, it's still good, and you're, and you're quiet, but like, read it over yourself. Speak it over yourself. Take a shower in truth. We're being lied to all the time. All the time. All the time. Discouraged. Lied to. And so, we've got to be people who come into his presence. We're not always going to feel like doing it, okay? Our feelings are not the best indicator of what we need to do or really what reality is, okay? Feelings are important. You need to be sensitive to them and say, Jesus, what's going on? Speak truth to it. Do I need and get some brothers and sisters to pray for you? But like our feelings do lie to us and they can lead us into a ditch. And so we want to be people who worship him when we feel like it and when we don't. Because we need him every day. Line ourselves with truth. Daily bread. Jesus is real bread. He is real drink. Give us our daily bread. We have to feast on him. Drink from him. Everything else leaves us empty. Right? You know, God's desire, God is so committed to his bride. He's so committed to you. He's so in love with you. He's so committed to you. He has good plans for each one of you. He's a good shepherd. And what he says is he says, not if you go through the valley of shadow of death. He says, when you go through the valley of shadow of death, I will be with you. I shared this a little bit last night, but Jesus' promise, the truth is, the reality in this fallen, broken world, we will have trouble. It's not if you really love Jesus, you won't have trouble, or not very much, or it always just go come cruising out instantly. No, like in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And he says, and I will be with you, and I will never leave you, and I will go with you through the valley of the shadow of death. I will minister to you. I will put a table before you. I'll give you my bread. I'll give you my drink in that moment. Come to me. Call out to me. And my, your cup will overflow. I'll give you all that you need. And, and, and that's happening even while the enemies are still surrounding you. In Psalm 23, that's while that's still happening. So, so we come into his presence and, and that doesn't mean all of the problems go away, right? But it means he's now, he's there with us. The truth is he was there all along. But when we like set our eyes on him, all of a sudden we're like, oh gosh, you are in control, Lord. You are with me. You are with me. And so here's the deal. The Lord is raising up his church. He's raising us up. He's discipling us. We get stronger. I mean, Trace was talking about prayer, like, man, get stirred up by house of prayer. Get stirred up by upper room. Enjoy these worship and prayer times and, like, and be like, Lord, raise up house of prayer everywhere in the world. Do it, God. And how can I be a part? But, but, the, but the bottom line is he's like, man, it's hard to, like, get up and choose Jesus. It's hard to get up and worship him. It's hard to stir yourself up in the Lord. But, it, like, as we choose him, even when we don't feel it, he's strengthening us. Do you know what I'm saying? Like trees. We're called to be trees that are planted by streams of living water. We're called to be Isaiah 61, oaks of righteousness that are plantings of the Lord. Plantings of the Lord, but for the display of his splendor. And, 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 and the key is, how do trees actually get bigger and stronger and healthier? When they go through both seasons of lots of rain 
and then times where there's wind and storms and then no rain. Because when there's no rain, what happens? When there's no rain, the roots go down deeper, deeper, deeper. And so we're those trees planted by streams of living water. And so when we're going through these things, God wants us to drink down deeper, be like, I choose you. I choose to believe that you're good, even though I'm not seeing the breakthrough yet. I choose to believe you have living water. I choose to believe that you're with me, right? He is shaping us and making us through those experiences how to be dependent upon him, how to learn how to live by faith and not by sight, and how to shape us into wounded healers. That's who Jesus is. He's a wounded healer. That's why he can relate to us. He was betrayed by his best friends. The people he created, they mocked him. The living God, the Alpha and the Omega that every knee will bow to, came around walking on earth, just pouring out love, and he was mocked. They said he's demonized. They said he's crazy. People that he loved, he doesn't hate the Pharisees. We look at him as the villains. They were just people who didn't see who he was, and that broke his heart. He was betrayed. He was hunted down. He was conspired against. He was lied to. Right? He can, can, can relate to everything that we go to. And he was pierced for our sins. And out of that place of suffering, being one who's familiar with suffering, like he can relate to us. And then he's called us to be his ambassadors, to be his representatives. And he's shaping us into his image. And that happens both through drinking deeply when there's lots of rain at these kind of prayer and worship times, but it also happens in the tough seasons where we don't feel him and we just say, God, I choose you. I say yes to you again. I choose you again. Apart from you, I can do nothing. Apart from you, I can do nothing. Thank you that you have what I need, that in your presence is fullness of joy. Thank you that you'll never leave me or forsake me. Thank you, Lord, that your banner over me is love. Everybody else may not love me. I was married to a girl for about 11 months, and she committed adultery on me and, like, broke my heart and told me that she loved, that every time she, like, was intimate with me. She was thinking of him. Like, I went through one of the most devastating, like, experiences. That was the most devastating experience in my life, right? But, like, in that moment, like, I cried out to God. I was like, where are you, Jesus? I need you. I need you. And he came. He didn't, I didn't hear his audible voice, but he came and he comforted me. He is the God of all comfort. He comes into our brokenness. He allows us even to go through. It doesn't make sense. We think he's a good God. Why should hard things happen? But he's a good God who is shaping us into his image. He's he's inviting us to be these wounded healers. He's not the one who wants the whole world to be broken and messed up, but he knows that it is. So he's like, I'm coming in, and I'm going to use what the devil intends for evil for good. I'm going to bring him my kingdom and myself. I'm going to make you new. Amen? And so the Lord is doing that on a micro level in our lives. But he's also doing it, trying to do it on a macro level with his church. He's trying to grow and mature his church. He's coming back for a pure and spotless bride. He's coming back for a mature bride. When you look at the history, I'm convinced, and I think talking to some theologians that it's very kosher theology, but like that really, kosher, well, that really, like if you look at the big story of God, it really seems like God has been discipling mankind slash the emerging church, the church, from Adam and Eve to Jesus coming 
to the bride being raised up. And, and in some ways, it's almost like, one way to look at it, is like, okay, you know when you're like, we have little kids and they're like two or three and, and you're like, and they do something wrong, you're like, no, no, no. And, and like maybe you, you've been like spanked their bottom, maybe, I don't know, or you like, or you, or you pinch them or something, you're like, bad, bad, because they don't, and you're like, if you try to explain, well, hey, if you touch this, there's electricity flowing through it, and like, it can really hurt you, like, they don't understand all that, right, and so like, so like, anyway, so early on, like, as he's relating to mankind, he's like, he's like, this is good, this is bad, you do this, bad things happen, right, like, you know what I'm saying, and then like, and then as Jesus, like, and then there's all these prophecies, I am coming, the Messiah is coming, and, and then it's almost like we're hitting it's like they have a coming of age moment where it's like the bat mitzvah and then that's when they're adult and it's like and then and okay for us we give our lives to Jesus and he comes in and now he's walking with us right and so anyway bottom line what am I talking about? bottom line is these are the things I've been thinking about a lot but like the, the bottom line is he is like now he's made his dwelling in us now he's shaping us and now he is trying to form the church as Jesus came it's like now it's just not I'm not just far away not just a few special people that can talk to me and stand up and tell you what God knows and thinks. Now everybody can know me. Now you can listen to me directly. Priesthood of all believers. Everybody's a prophet, priest, and a king because the prophet, Jesus, the priest, Jesus, the king, dwells in us. And so what he's doing is he's trying to shape the church now. He's trying to grow us up more and more to be mature, spotless brides. Right? So he allows things like COVID. He allows things like this that are horrible and because they've happened in a fallen, broken, rebellious world. But he uses those trials of life, those horrible things, to awaken us to say he is the light. We do need a shepherd. We do need a king. And then he wants to, in those places where we get stretched and our faith is shaken, he wants to like, give us opportunities to cry out, worship, align ourselves with truth, and grow and mature how to walk by faith and not by sight, so that we can be people who then do that for others, wounded healers. That's who the church is created to be, these wounded healers, imperfect people that have gone through pain and suffering and actually continue to go through it, even as they walk with Jesus, but are continually learning how to get their drinks, their food, their life, their comfort met in him. Amen? So that's what God's doing in the church right now so that we can be ambassadors and representatives of the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven really so yeah so i mean what so the lord is discipling us forward in in his passions and his purposes and we are living in an incredible time in human history where now the church is awakened more and more okay he has a heart for all nations not just for me hey when we pray it is powerful and effective hey god's chosen to make his appeal through us he uses lights you know we like to think hey there's all these the five, there's fivefold giftings there's all these giftings some people are evangelists some people are teachers that's true but what did jesus say he said everyone is the light of the world you are the light of the world you are the salt of the earth, all right? And so, like, the truth is, it's not just meant to be partitioned off to a few select people. All of us are called to be lights. All of us are called to drip him. All of us are called to walk with him. I'm, I'm not, I haven't said anything that's on my notes, but... <laughs> so let me just see what I need to say also. Yeah, so just some, 
mean, we mentioned this last night, but just some big picture perspective is there are three billion people on earth who've never heard the truth of who Jesus is. That's heartbreaking. And the truth is the church has been around for a while. The church has been around for a while and we've even had these commandments for a while. To love him and to make him known, right? But God's trying to awaken the church now. What's it going to take? How can I do this? How can I partner with you? So let's be a church. I'm not ending this soon, but let's be a church. Um, let, let's be a church who says, God, teach me how to partner with you. What's it going to take? What's it going to take? And yesterday, we, you know, we were talking about how on a macro level, there's not enough people going to these unreached places. There's not. So we need to pray. Because as we pray, he is moving. I just want to tell you, okay, I'm just, so in, I remember some of my friends, missionaries in Afghanistan, right when the Taliban, the first time the Taliban was, had, was doing Sharia law, and then 9-11 happened, and then they were kidnapped, okay? And so they were sent by Antioch, and I remember we would gather together and pray in the house, of, in, the, in the prayer room at Antioch and Waco, and we would just got all the life groups, and we're like praying, like hour after hour, like all these rotations, we're praying, and we'd be praying, God, protect them, Lord, Father, and pray that the other believers, they led to Jesus, that you would watch over them, that you would guide them, we'd just be praying, Lord, what's your heart over them, God, pray, and, and then at the end of prayer times, or when we were just wiped out, we didn't know what else to pray, I remember we would pray, and Jesus, God, get the Taliban, Father, open their eyes to you, First of all, we'd be praying, protect these guys, protect these guys, comfort them. At the very end, it was almost like a Hail Mary prayer. It was like, this seems like crazy and ridiculous and not even like probably whatever. And we'd just be like, and God, even the ones that are persecuting them and the, and the leaders, God, draw them to you. And I want to say fast forward, like as we're starting to like walk with these different Muslim background movements that are happening. Like there are numerous movements of ex-Taliban soldiers who came to Jesus during those days after 9-11. There are ISIS fighters that I know that have like had dreams of Jesus while they were on the front line. Felt grief from him. What are you doing? What am I doing? Couldn't sleep at night. And then, and then went to Lebanon because they knew there were believers there, showed up at a guy that I walked with and led to Jesus' house, this, another Shiite Hezbollah fighter that was my Arabic teacher who came to Jesus as we read the Bible together and I just loved on him. He showed up at his house because he heard he was a believer and told him about the dream and the vision that he couldn't sleep while he was on the front lines killing people with Dash. And then he, and he says, like, I didn't know about Jesus. My friend, another Hezbollah background fighter, like, leads him to Jesus. He's not a fighter anymore, but leads, leads him to Jesus. My, my point is this, is like, God is moving. When we pray, he moves. Really. But he also has created us to walk in this partnership of praying and going. So when people have dreams, they know they can find people to talk to. The yeast has to be spread out in the bread enough right? Because Jesus doesn't want people just to become believers. He wants them to become disciples. And disciples become disciples through studying and encountering and growing and walking with him. And, and that happens in community. The church is actually, what the church is, is the gathering of disciples. That's what it is. 
That's why a church can be three, five people. That's why it can be 200. That's why it can be 1,000. It's when the believers gather together. Church is never a building. Not once in the Bible is the word church a building. So, so the sweet thing is that every time disciples gather together, we're called to sharpening one another. We're called to encourage one another, right? We're called to pray over one another. We're called to do Acts 2. And he says, actually, what he says is every time you get together, everybody has a word. Everybody has a hymn. Everybody has a song. Everybody has a tongue. Da, 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 da. All those things must be done for the edification of the body. So Jesus is discipling his church forward or maybe backward to like what the Bible actually says. <laughs> Do you know? So like to, of like what it's going to take to reach the world so everyone has a chance to know him. Like the truth is every one of us in this room is here because of the pursuit of God and because some people cared enough about you that they were praying for you and some of those you've never met or you don't even realize that they were praying. And all of you are in, your room, in this room because of that and because somebody else shared with you. And it was probably lots of people. It may have been on the radio a time or two. You're like, well, I like that. I don't like that. That's weird. And then it may have been a worship song you heard. It's like, well, that's cool. That's beautiful. Oh, it's about Jesus. I don't know. You know, but like, and then, but others like offer to pray for you and you're like weirded out. And then you're, okay, I actually do need a, oh, yeah, you can't pray for me. Do you know what I'm saying? Like all of us are in this room because somebody else dripped Jesus because somebody else dripped him because somebody else decided he's worth sharing. Others have to know him. I can't keep him to myself right? That's why you're in this room, because somebody else was praying, and, and others were going, or both. You know what I'm saying? Like, really? So here's the deal. Every salvation, every person that's ever been saved, it's a God story. Him longing for you to be saved. Him drawing you with cords of loving kindness. Him awakening his church to pray and intercede and stand in the gap, right? And make intercession with Jesus for that person, right? And then, he uses his kids as his ambassadors. That's why it's not just some figurative thing. I'm the head of the church, and you're in the body. It's like, that's real. He's the head, not a pastor, not whatever, a speaker. He is the head, and we are his body. And he's incarnating himself through his body. He uses his kids, weak, normal people who can relate to others in their suffering. Right? Like wounded healers. That's who he's called us to be. Okay, I'm going to just talk about, I want to, here's the deal. Like, we're called to, we talk about, we need to go share the gospel. And I'll just say, whenever I heard that most of my life, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, that seems so scary. Like, what do you mean, share the gospel? Like, how am I going to answer every question that this person has? Like, am I going to remember everything? That's right. And here's what I want to say is I think God wants to break off the fear of us sharing the gospel, and he wants us to realize what the gospel is, okay? Here's the, what the gospel is at its core. The gospel is good news. The gospel is good news. The gospel is good news. There's a living God who loves you and knows you. The gospel is he is real. God is real. The gospel is you are not alone. Do you hear the good news? Right? Like lost friends, when you tell them this, like, man, that's, what you're going through has to be so hard. Man, I went through something a little bit similar to that, and I felt this way. But I cried out to him, and he was like, I'm with you. I'm with you. I understand. I'm with you. That's good news. 
That's the gospel. How many times did Jesus actually walk around sharing the whole gospel? As we like say in Christianity, right? What did he actually do? He went everywhere telling stories about the kingdom, telling stories about what the character of God's like, right? Relating to people and their sufferings. So I just want to take a few minutes and just like demystify this. So we're like, okay, pray and go. Okay, so we're going to pray. We're going to spend time alone with them. We're going to enter in with worship. We're going to like stir ourselves up in the Lord. We're going to pray big faith prayers. These crazy ones, God, get Al-Qaeda people. I think God loves to answer like the, the prayers that we think are like the f- long shots. You know, we're like, this one's easy and that one's easy. And we like throw out this like long shot prayer thing. He's like, I love to answer prayers like that. I'm convinced. So pray big faith prayers, man, woman, all of us. Like seriously, <laughs> it's like, I think he want, that's what he loves to do, surprise us at the power and effectiveness of our prayers. So we're going to pray, and we're going to go. And the truth is, we go all the time, right? We're not going to stay here. We're going to actually go somewhere else after this, and then somewhere else, and then somewhere else. Okay, so, so let's think, how can we drip Jesus? How can we share the gospel? Okay, I'm just going to like break it down really simply. Let's be people that smile. Let's be people that say thank you. Like when we're at Walmart, and we're looking to find the thing that we cannot find. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, let's like look for somebody who's also having a stressed day and everyone's like, tired of everybody asking for stuff and whatever. And like, let's walk up to them and just be kind and, and say, hey, I'm so sorry to bother you. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, just like, let's slow down and engage. Let's slow down and engage. I'm just preaching to myself. Like, after like, when everybody asks me how to, pr- how to pray for me, I'm like, pray that I will slow down and engage <laughs> and love people. But like, oh my gosh. But like, let's smile. Let's be... Let's be kind. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, really, that's in this hectic world where we're so selfish and distracted, like, that is a door opener. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, let's love. Let's be kind. Let's be kind to our waiter when they're, when they're waiting on us or we're at some store. Let's, like, look them in the eye and say, hey, I'm so sorry to bother you, but, like, could you please help me with this? And then as they're walking, be like, hey, how long have you worked here? Just be nice. Treat them as a human. Do you know what I'm saying? Not, not as a person that's meant to serve you at Walmart. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, treat him as a human. Like, slow down and be like, man, I, yeah, and build more life, build more space margin into your life so you can slow down, too, as you go. That's, that's for me. <laughs> so, like, instead of just running from meeting to meeting or thing to thing or whatever, right? But slow down and, and be kind and ask them about their day. How long have you lived here? Hey, how's your day going? Some people are like, good. But some people are like, man, it's actually been really hard. I mean, in, in those moments, show empathy. Say, man, I know what it's like to have a long day. My boss X or this Y or this Z. Like, dude, this may sound weird, but like, I really love God. I'm a follower of Jesus. And I, I, love, I love to pray for people. Is there anyone who can pray for you? Do you know what I'm saying? Let's like slow down and engage. So let's be people that smile and say thank you. Let's be people that are warm. Let's be people that are just warm. We're lights. Lights are warm, unless they're like, whatever, some new lights. But you know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) fires. Fires are warm. We're fires. Like we've got fire in us. The spirit of God. The spirit of God is in us. We have fire in us. We've got to let it out, man. 
Like, he wants, to, he wants to come on us again and again. Like we were talking about yesterday, Josh is talking about when we gave our lives to Jesus, the Spirit of God came and made our home, in, his home inside of our hearts. That's what happened. He came and started dwelling in us, and he lives in us. He's fire. He's alive. The Spirit's burning for Jesus, the Father, the triune God love. And he's burning for desire and love for the people that we meet. And so let's be warm people who just are gentle and kind. Let's drip him. Let's drip Jesus. Let's encourage people. Seriously, like, tell people at Walmart or tell people whatever. It's like, dude, it's just, like, I just want to encourage you. Like, I saw that you were patient with that person who was all frustrated, and that's beautiful. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes I'll say, I try not to say it to girls, but I'll say to, like, dude, it's like, dude, like, dude, you have a great smile, man. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, just find little ways. I mean, if I'm with my wife, I might say that to a, a woman. Anyway, but you know what I'm saying? Like, encourage one another. Like, encouragement is not of the world. But we're called, but it's, it's of the Jesus people. Encourage one another daily so your hearts don't become hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Man, people need encouragement. Believers and lost people, they do. And when you're doing that, you're dripping the love of God. Ask about what people, ask about, so for your, okay, people you work with, family, waiters, waitresses, ask about their lives. Ask about their day. Ask about how they're doing and listen. And as you listen, ask the Lord, God, is there something that you're saying? God, what's your heart for this person? Show empathy and look for ways you can pray. Here's the deal. One of the best ways to fish and look and search for people who are open and hungry is to what we call like look for felt needs. The bottom line is the reality is most people that don't know Jesus are most open and hungry when they're in pain, when they're hurting, when they're in a crisis. Okay, so if so, that's the reality. It's just the reality. Like most people, and let, when they're in a place of homeostasis, where it's like everything is good and I'm happy and I'm rich and blah, 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 like they just don't know how much they need Jesus. They're like numbed and blinded by all of the freaking comfort of the flesh, right? But when they're like hurting and they're lonely and they're depressed and they're worried about their job, they're worried about if they can get into this program in grad school, they're worried about what's going on with their, with their friend, they're worried about what's going on with their mom, when they're worried about something or hurting, like that's when they know something is wrong and I need help. So we want to be these metal detectors that are like everywhere we go just, being, just trying to drip the love of God and, and, and engage with people and, be, and ask normal questions. Let's be natu naturally supernatural people and supernatural people who then pray for people and say, God, come and move, man. Like, so, but like let's drip him in the normal day to day. Drip him in the normal day to day. Just be nice. Ask about people's lives. Ask your colleagues, how is this going? Hey, I know you had this coming up with your son. How did that go? Is that, has that been hard on you? Has that been stressful? Look for the places. We're all under different layers of stress often. And so let's, like, let's engage with people, be warm and friendly, and like search for their felt needs. And then show empathy. Like Empathy is like, 
that must be so hard. I'm so sorry to hear that. Show empathy, show compassion. Jesus wept with Mary and Martha just moments before he rose Lazarus from the dead. He knew what was going to happen. He knew that he's the one that can make all things new and raise the dead to life. And yet he wept because he's one who shows compassion and empathy. So let's show compassion and empathy with people. So let's search for the felt needs by just being nice, asking about their life, asking about what they're worried about, or just, and even just cutting the chase and say, this may sound weird, but can I, like, I love to pray for people. Is there any way that I can pray for you? And if somebody, not every, some people will shrug that off, be like, uh, uh, thanks, I'm doing okay. And then others will be like, uh, that's weird, but yeah, you can just pray for me. I don't want to share anything. But others will be like, yeah, actually you can. Because there are people that are hungry and thirsty in fact, every single person that doesn't know Jesus is hungry and thirsty. And everyone else that do know Jesus, we're still hungry and thirsty. That's why we have to encourage each other. That's why we have to wash ourselves in the word. That's why we have to like be with other believers. But that's also why we need to be sharing with others because, man, I'm telling you, when you start dripping him and looking for open, hungry people and then saying, oh, that's going to be so hard. Hey, this may sound weird, but I, I guess you were sharing that. God just reminded me of this beautiful verse. Can I, sh can I show this with you, to you? And then just open up your phone and show them Psalm 23. Like even when you walk through the valley of shadow right now, he's with you. Or they're saying something they're worried about or they're worried about losing their job. They're worried about like, like be like, hey, that reminds me of this beautiful promise by God where he says, he says, I take care of the birds of the air and the grasses of the field. How much more will I not take care of you? That's the gospel, guys. Do you realize what you're actually doing if you do that? If you're like dripping Jesus, like just talking to people, being nice to them and say, hey, like I love to pray for people. Can I pray for you? And then you're sharing a verse that's comforted you or you're sharing a story that you can relate to. I felt like this once and I didn't know what to do and I cried out to God. And I was like, God, I've heard about you in the Bible. I go to church, but I need you. And he came and he gave me peace and he carried me. I don't, words can't describe it, but he carried me. He's real. You just say things like that in your own words, right? It doesn't have to be perfect. Stop being afraid. Let's stop, Clint, stop being afraid of, saying, of having to say things perfectly or answer all the questions. Just drip him. Here's the deal. When you are searching for felt needs for people out of love, you're doing that out of love. I'm sharing something like strategic because God is strategic and he wants to seek and save the lost. Seek it means he has a plan. He's seeking and saving the lost, right? And so, like, we are called. He's the living water. He says, come to me, all who are thirsty. I'll give you real bread and drink. So our job as these disciple makers, as these drippers, are being like, okay, I've got the spirit of God in me. I have streams of living water in me because the spirit of God is in me. And so, like, I need to let it out. Do you know what I'm saying? I want to drip it. See who's thirsty. See who's hungry. And so here's the deal. As we do that, we're going to find people that shrug us off, to think we're weird, but we're also going to find people that are hurting and we can relate to them and share the good news that he's real, that he cares. Amen. So when we find, so I want to just share a little bit, like when we find um, someone that's, what should I do? I mean, okay, I'll just tell a, a non-spectacular story, but it's spectacular because God's cool. So like, so here's a story. So 
Um, relate, very relatable story. I like needed to get a new phone line. So I went, you know, went to this store, and I had to wait in line for a long time. I was like, oh, this is taking forever, you know. And then I like get up there, and and it's my turn. I sit down with this guy, and he, he's, you know, asking, hey, what do you need? And and I felt like I was like, hey, love him. Slow down. Don't show your frustration with how long you waited. Just love him. And so I was like, hey, I was like, I said, Habibi. Um, but I was like, hey, Habibi, that's an Arabic word for like, whatever, it's a nice word. And so I said, I said like, hey, um, means like my beloved. So that sounds weird in English, I know. But like, it's like a term of endearment. So I was like, hey, Habibi. I was like, hey, what's your name? And, and, and his, I, I don't even remember his name. But, um, but like, you know, he told me his name. And I was like, hey, I said, you know, I saw you dealing with those customers before and you were so patient and you were so kind. I was a little irritated because how long you took, but like, I was like, how does God see this, right? And so, and, and he was like, wow, thank you so much. He's from India, and he's like, this, like this, you know, job is hard. It's like often stretching. I was like, hey, how long have you been here in the UAE? And he said, oh, I've been here three years. My family is far away. And I said, wow, that must be hard. He goes, yes, I'm, I miss them so much. And I said, hey, this may sound weird, <laughs> but like, I love praying for people, and I've felt lonely. I miss my family. It's hard for me being far away from them. But as you were talking about that, I just felt like God was reminding me, like, that he's with your family. That you may be far away, but he is with them. And I said, can I pray for you? And he was like, yes, you can pray for me. And so I just said, can I pray for you now? And he said, sure. And I just put my hand on his shoulder and I just started praying, God, I thank you that you see my friend, that you're with him. He may feel alone, far from his family, but you are with him. And I thank you, God, that even though he's worried about his family, Lord, that you are with them and you want to open their eyes to how much you really love them and who you really are. And so I just said, Lord, so I thank you that you brought my friend here. He thought he came here to work for a job and make money, and that's part of it. But he also is working here today so that he could know how much you love him. And so I said, just, Lord, I pray that you would open the eyes of my friend more and more to how much you love him. And bless him and take care of his family, God. In Jesus' name. And then, and then as, as soon as I was done, he just goes, what did you do? And I said, I was just talking to God from my heart, and he goes, I have goosebumps all over me. He goes, I, I have work. He goes, like, goose pimples, like grass, like grass, my arms. Like, and I was just like, this is Jesus touching you because he wants you to know that he cares about you, and he's real. That's the gospel, guys. Do you know what I'm saying? That's the gospel. It's the good news that there's a God who cares. It's I prayed in the name of Jesus. I showed him, what did I actually say through that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, there were a lot of things that I said that I said without saying. I shared like that I believe that there's a real God. Do you know what I'm saying? This isn't verbatim what came out of my mouth, but like through what happened. Like I believe there's a real God. I believe that the real God hears our voices. I believe that that real God has power and is here and there and everywhere. And I believe that the real God can comfort people. And I believe that the real God can come and open eyes to who He really is. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so when we step out and we pray for people, we're demonstrating the kingdom of God. Okay, and then so I'm all over. I'm going to highlight my top things. How much more do we have? Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true. Okay, so, so the, so the, 
so, okay. I'm gonna, I'll share another story, actually. So there was this guy who came over on a short-term trip. Actually, he was an intern with us in the UAE, and, and, and he was like, okay, as I'm running errands, I want to be dripping Jesus. As I run errands, I want to look at people in the eye and talk to them and ask them about their life. So he went to this coffee shop because he wanted coffee, and, and, and he, as he ordered, he started, he started talking to the guy. He's like, hey, man, what's your name? He's like, my name's Daniel. He said, oh, dude, I love that name. And he goes, yeah, thanks, man, you know. And then, and then he's like, and then I don't know what the small talk was, but basically they just small talked for a little bit while he's the barista right there, like ordering at the counter. And then he said, hey, man, my friend said, hey, man, like, I'd love to pray for you, pray for people. Is there any way I can pray for you? And Daniel said, yeah, actually, can you wait a minute? And so they finished making the coffee, served another person. Then they talked for a few minutes, and, and, and he shared a prayer request. I don't even know what the prayer request was. And my fr- but my friend prayed for him, and then, and then Daniel was like, man, nobody's done that for me in so long. I'm a Christian, but I haven't been going to church. I, like, and man, as you're doing this, I like, feel like God's reminding me he, he needs me, or he loves me, and he wants to be with me. And he's like, do you go to church anywhere? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I'm a part of a house church. You can come. Okay, so Daniel comes to house church. So Daniel comes to house church. He visits, sees some other believers, and then he like, starts reading the Bible, and he's like, like, gets his Bible out again, starts reading it. And he starts, like, doing discipleship, meeting one-on-one with my friend. And then one day, he wakes up before his work. He lives in a shared apartment complex, which actually has, like, three bedrooms, but it houses, like, 15 people, both men and women. That's pretty common in Dubai for these entry-level jobs, okay? And so he's there. One day, he comes out of his little partition room, and he's, like, going in the shared kitchen, and he, he is going to read the Bible on this little table. He leaves it. He's reading. He leaves it there. He goes into the kitchen, and then the Sudanese Muslim woman that lives in, in that same little shared thing, different room, of course, but comes in, and she, like, is doing something, and she sees the Bible. Three nights in a row before this, we'll call her Maya, has the same dream three nights in a row where a man glowing in white with eyes that are like fire, comes in in her dream and hands her a book and says, this will change your life and show you who I really am. Three nights in a row, the same dream. And on the side of it, she knows Arabic and English a little bit. On the side of it, it says B-I-B-L-E. She doesn't know what that means. So then she, but she walks into that room where Daniel's having his quiet time. He's up in the kitchen. She sees that, looks at that book, says B-I-B-L-E. So she's like, Daniel, is this your book? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, what is this? He goes, uh, it's the Bible. It's kind of like our Quran. That's what he said. And so, um, and, so, and so she was like, really? And she's like, I want to read it. Can I read it? And he goes, yeah, actually, and we have house church tonight. Do you want to come with me? So she's like, yes. They, we read the Bible. That's what we do. We read the Bible at church. And so, and so, so she's like, okay. So she comes. And then, and then this girl on, on our, on, who's living, so most of our team, there is like 20-somethings. They're all 20-somethings. Like half of them have like marketplace jobs and half are there like just to drip Jesus. And, and, and this is a sweet thing because marketplace people can get into lots of relationships that full-time like scent workers can't, but then full-time scent workers or missionaries, whatever, we're all missionaries, but like can like have ba- more bandwidth and so we can like take off those pass-offs and walk with people. Anyway, so it's really good. So, so bottom line is she's and works for a consulting firm there um, doing marketing, and, and she sees the Sudanese girl there, and so then she's like, hey, tell me your story, and then starts, and asks her to get coffee, and then they start to read the Bible together, and now this Sudanese woman, 
who's grown up strong Muslim her whole life, over the last three months has been reading God's word and is now on fire with him. I mean, it's been a year and a half now. After about three, four, five months, she's, she starts sharing with all of her friends and family, and now she has started multiple little discovery Bible studies with Sudanese, with Emiratis, with people from numerous nations that are reading the Bible and discovering Jesus, and just a few of them last week said, we've now decided to be baptized. Like, and so my point is this, is like every salvation story is a God story. You guys are praying, Jesus, move in the nations. You guys are praying in the upper room, and IHOP and others release dreams and visions, God. And we're thinking that's a neat add-on to a beautiful prayer set, but he's like, I'm going to do that. Do you know what I'm saying? So he's like, he's releasing dreams and visions. And then because somebody like Kelly was like, I'm going to go on a short-term trip or an internship or long-term, starts dripping him and like meets a coffee guy. And then instead of just being busy or just ordering coffee, he's like, I'm going to be warm. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to ask about his life. I'm going to ask to see if I can pray for him. And he says, yes. And then he gets reawakened and wants to come to church. Then he's reading the Bible because he started coming to church and wants the word and knows he needs to be encouraged. And then she has had three dreams, sees the Bible. Do you know what I'm saying? Every salvation is a God story, and we're all called to be a part. Don't worry and trace back. Was I the one who sat there right with them as they were praying this perfect prayer that Jesus, do you know what I'm saying? Like, when did Matthew give his life to Jesus? When did John give his life to Jesus? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Bottom line is, there's moments when people give their lives to Jesus, but it's not all about, did you be the one who led them in a sinner's prayer? Right? And, like, and that has to happen. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe that he is, you know, you'll be saved. Yeah, you know. Um, I do know that. Um, <laughs> but like, do you know what I'm saying? But bottom line is, we're all in the game. We're all in the game, guys. We're all in the game. Okay, we've been talking about the nations. But man, the nations are here, and you're all from a nation that he cares about, by the way. So we're all in the game. His invitation for all of us as individuals and as the church is, Jesus, make me, teach me how to pray and teach me how to drip you. Teach me how to pray and teach me how to love. Teach me how to pray and teach me how to drip your love. Right? So let's be people that keep praying over our eyes and say, God, give me compassion for people. Give me patience for people. Give me kindness in my heart. God, teach me, disciple me forward in how to just talk to people. Like be naturally supernatural. How to engage with people. How to, how to, how to fish for felt needs. You're going to get better and better, just like any other skill of life, anything you're ever doing. Like the more you do it, the more you're like, oh, I know how to show more love and compassion. Oh, I need to slow down a little bit more and be kind. Here's the deal. Jesus is drawing. He says he stands at the door knocking. We don't have to walk up to people and kick the door down. Right? He didn't say I stand at the door and knock and then I kick the door down. Right? He says instead he was talking about the good news, talking about the good news of the king and the kingdom. And he's looking for who's open and hungry. Lots of people heard not everybody was hungry. Some mocked him. That's going to happen to us. But there are people that are open and hungry, and then he prioritized, hey, give him a little more bread, a little bit more bread, a little more bread. And then little by little, those disciples start realizing he's the Messiah. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. It's a pursuit. He's on a pursuit of people, and he's, enjoyed, he's in, invited us to join in him. It's not all on us. 
We cannot make someone be saved. We can't. Only God can. We cannot make someone be saved. But when we open our mouth, there is power. You don't have to, like, be a loudspeaker. You just talk about what he's like. Talk about how he's helped you. And you're going to do it imperfectly. But, man, at the end of the day, even when you drop seeds, sometimes people are going to be like, thank you so much. That meant so much. And other times they're going to be like, okay, and walk away. But here's the truth. His word is like a time bomb. He says, he says, his word does not go out and return empty. So even when we sow, even when we drip Jesus and we don't see the openness or hunger right there, sometimes there, there's, that's happening and they don't know how to respond. Sometimes it's there and they're going to be like, that meant so much to me or nobody's ever done that to me. And then we can just give them a little bit more. We can say, hey, if you want, you can come to life group with me. It's this group people that are like trying to love Jesus more and growing him. They're imperfect people like me, dude. You want to come with me? Or hey, can I get your number? Here's some practical things you can do. Hey, can I get your number? There's a Bible verse that I love and I just, I'd love to send it to you. Hey, can I get your number? And then you like pray for him later and say, I was praying for you and I was listening to this worship song and I felt like God was just reminding me of how good he is. Can I share this with you? Or just share it with him. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, let's drip up. We're all in the game, man. And God's discipling us for Don't feel like, I'm not a manager, so I can't do this. I'm not super, whatever, quick on my feet. Yeah, but you've been through problems. Yeah, but you've, like, read some verses that meant a lot to you. Yeah, but you've heard a couple songs that really ministered to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, sh- just share those. You're not going to do it perfectly, but just drip them. Let the streams of living water out of you. And here's the deal. Here's the... X factor is look, offer anytime you find felt needs or openness or hunger and ask if you can pray for people. Because when you pray, and here's the thing, pray for that felt need, okay? But also you can pray, Lord, and open their eyes to how much you love them. Pray a big, like open their eyes to who you really are. Like you can add a little bit on top of the felt need. You know what I'm saying? Be some salt, release some salt on top of addressing that felt need. Don't ignore the felt need. Pray for that and then add some more big picture revelation or whatever, okay? And then, yeah. So just two quick things. Sometimes, so not everybody's going to be open or hungry. Not everybody's going to like it when you drip Jesus. And when that happens, you're going to feel like, I'm not good at this. You're going to feel like, well, this isn't for me. Well, I'm just called to pray only, or I'm just called to love him and grow in him, but not to talk about him. And I just want to say, like, Hey, we're all weak and imperfect. You're not going to do it perfectly, but we're all lights. So just keep stumbling forward and just people can tell when you're genuinely trying to show love and it will imprint them. And sometimes they may not be hungry in that moment, but later on, because his word is alive, they go through a trial, they go through a hard time and they're going to be like, there was something different about that Christian. There's something that God can remind them, the Spirit of God can remind them of things that have been sown or, or shared and can awaken them because His Word is living and active. It's like a time bomb. Amen? And then when, when we are rejected, when we are shrugged off, you're in stinking good company because here's Jesus, the Word of God, God in flesh, God in flesh, God in flesh, perfect one, the holy king of kings. Everywhere he's going, he's dripping Jesus, dripping the kingdom, and like he's even healing people. 
And many people he healed didn't even continue to walk with him or come back to thank him. So bottom line is Jesus can relate to you. And he says when people reject you because of him, they're really rejecting him. So he wants us to be people who, like as Taylor Swift says, like, shake it off. You know what I'm saying? Like, just shake it off. Like, like really, Jesus can relate to me and my, like, suffering, and, like, I'm not going to let this get me down. He still loves this person. And I'd say, like, even as you walk away, this dude in Beirut, man, we offered to pray for him. He didn't want prayer. My friends did. And then they walked away, and they're like, Jesus, heal his hand. His hand was all bloody and broken. And the, Jesus, heal his hand. He walks about... 30 more feet, and then all of a sudden he goes, what in the world? What's going on? And his hand was miraculously healed. He, like, walks back trying to find those people. He couldn't find them, but he found some other foreigners, some other short-term team people. He was like, do you know these foreigners? They prayed for me, or they offered my hands healed. Like, our God moves when we heal, when we pray. He heals. And so even when people say no, or they don't seem open, go away on your way and pray some more. Seriously, Jesus spit, prayed for one, you know, put his hands on somebody, saw a little bit, did it again, saw the full, that's Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So, Lord God, we say we want to learn how to partner with you. Jesus, we say thank you, Lord. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be the best question answers. We don't have to know how to share every little thing and memorize the entire Bible to talk about you, God. But instead, you've called us to partner with you people who pray and just drip you. So we say, help us, Lord, to love. Help us to show empathy. Help us to relate to people and share stories from our own lives of how you came. Help us to share the good news, the gospel is the good news that you're real and that you care. And so we just say, yes, Jesus. We want to be discipled by you. Every day going forward, we say, take us deeper and being your friends, and being your partners. We love you, Jesus. We want to join in our Father's business of seeking and saving the lost. We love you, Jesus. So you, to you be all the glory. To you be all the glory. To you be all the glory. We love you, God. We just want to be about your business. We want to be these lifelong students who are studying you, and being shaped more and more into your image. We thank you that you are patient with us, and you're going to be guiding us all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name.